Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim, and the topic of our podcast today is serial killer Gary Michael Heidnick. He was a sicko. Uh, he was a serial rapist and murderer. He abducted and tortured uh, at least six women uh, in the Philadelphia area. Uh, and we're going to talk about his dastardly deeds. Uh, but before we do, let me introduce our panel. I am pleased to be joined by the very lovely and talented the Queen of Mean, the Empress of Evil, uh, whatever uh, the Satan's dirty little secrets. Brandy, how are you today, Brandy? I'm um, just wonderful. Are you, are, did you get enough sleep? Are you going to stay awake this podcast? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of on a tear. I'm fueled by rage right now, so we're in good shape. Oh, good. It's always good when you're you're got a little edge to you. Yeah. A little edge. She's like a dagger all the time. You haven't been introduced properly yet. No, for yeah. that. Yeah. Shut your cake hole. So let me um, introduce uh, the other member of our panel, a man of great distinction. I didn't just introduce you and go, introduce the other guy, Chuck. <laughs> I, was, I was pissed that day. The very honorable and distinguished, the very honorable and distinguished, the man about town, the uh, baddest man in podcasting, the most dangerous man in podcasting today, the Honorable Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Could not be better, Timmy. Could not be better. I appreciate you asking. Well, um, we always like to uh, know how you're doing. And uh, do you have any uh, shout-outs you'd like to give today? Um, you know, I do have a couple shout-outs today. <clears throat> um, I'm going to give my, my regulars, um, of course, Lady Beverly. Mm-hmm. I got her. Um, and I want to give a, a special shout-out to a, uh, a business mm-hmm. and, and the people that own the business. It's King's Vapors up by my house. Okay, um, this is in Cincinnati. Yeah, I went in there the other day, and, and it's Jose and Sean that own it. Just great guys, wonderful guys. And uh, and they own this business, and, and it's funny because, you know, my daughter owns a vape shop, mm-hmm. and she told me the only place you can go other than mine is dad's. Mm-hmm. So I go in there the other day, and, and I want to give my condolences to Jose because his brother just passed. And, uh, uh, sorry, Jose. Yeah, and I and I go in there, and Jose, you got to know him. Just the he, Jose's always in a good mood, mm-hmm. no matter what. I could tell Jose, hey, hey Jose, your car on fire in the back. 
He'd be he'd be smiling. He'd be like, "Oh fuck, I gotta go deal with that. I'll be right back with you. Give me a minute. I'll be right back with you. Just come back smiling. All the fires out. You know, mm-hmm. insurance will deal with it." So I go in there the other day and I got a little bit of a problem and he's gonna help me take care of it. And I'm like, Jose, you know what the hell? What the hell's wrong with you today? You know, you don't seem like yourself. And he says, Is that that apparent? And I said, Yeah. And he said, well, my brother died today. Oh, and Which is a horrible thing. So our condolences yeah. go out. But if you're in Cincinnati um, and you want to find guys that, you know, because when you're doing business with people, you want to do business with people that you can trust. You know, mm-hmm. they're just straight with you. Mm-hmm. And these guys are just great guys. So that's um, Jose and Sean? Jose and Sean at King's Vapors. All right. Right uh, up on Harrison Avenue in Chevy, Ohio. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And I understand they they ref, they called you Colonel. I was walking out the door as I got done, and uh, and Jose said, "Hey, see you later, Colonel." And I was like, "Oh, for the love!" <laughs> Not knowing that oh, you no. didn't know they listened to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my daughter is very good friends with them. So. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and thanks, Sarah. And my, uh, I'll give a shout. I gotta give a shout out to my boy, mm-hmm. um, Logan. Mm-hmm. He's a. Uh, you know he's a mess but Logan's a very good photographer mm-hmm. and he had his first photographs published this oh, week great um, on some online magazine but he got published they got okay. published well maybe next time you can tell us where and then people can check yeah. it out okay alright um, and Dottie Scott my mom okay uh, I, go, I got a list of shout outs I'm going to go through them quickly so that we don't take up too much time so um, here I go uh, Shout-outs to folks on the History Dweeb, the podcast page. Thank you for being active on the page. Uh, I'm not going to get to everyone on this uh, shout-out, on these shout-outs, but I want to just recognize Carla Nelson, my longtime friend. I miss you, Carla. Cindy Lou, Mike Freeman, Marvin. Uh, Deanna Robinson, who is new to our page. Thank you for joining us. Tiffany, Lisa Yakis, Rachel Ann, who is <coughs> new, I believe. Bree, uh, Leah from Twitter. Brittany and Chris, Kim Taylor, Celine, Mary Ray, who makes the, the amazing, uh, who knits amazing blankets, and um, if you, she made one of, uh, she's making one with uh, our uh, logo for Brandy, so if you want to check it out, or you like a picture of it, uh, message me, and I'll be happy to send you one. She does amazing work. Elise, Erica, Trisha, and Lydia. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for participating. Oh, hold on. You you leave Allie off because she's on Team Colonel. Okay, Allie. Uh, Yes. Uh, Special shout-out. And Charlie. They go together. Allie and Charlie. I'd also like to send a shout-out to... She put it on the chat. No, I think... Oh, I don't know. It was Elise that said that she was on Team Timmy. You keep trying to put her on your team, but she's... You know, the Mamrie Mafia doesn't need this kind of... We're just in the Mamrie Mafia. We just I do our own the vagina thing. mafia. It's the, mem- it's the memory mob. It's the vagina mafia. Whatever. And the you know what? First mob. of all, it's mine, and I'll call it whatever I want. I Second just call mine the colonel's crew. First of all, we have a solitary penis roaming through our midst and our on our side of the yeah, room. Yeah, what is up with that? Uh, men, well, you know you what he's a, trying to do. You have a penis on your team. We do. He does. Well, that's very excited. I'm pretty sure there's some of the women over forty, so you got more than one penis. Well, who is the penis on your team? Do you know? Mark. Okay. Um, so shout out to Mark. Uh, we want to thank um, Carol uh, G 
for suggesting this topic. She's on our other page. Carol, you should join us on the History Dreams, the podcast page. All of you who are listening, please join us on History Dreams, the podcast group on Facebook um, because we've got a lot of cool people there. So if you're listening, Carol, thank you very much for the suggestion. Um, we're going to do this topic on Gary Heidnick, who is kind of a creepo, um, but we're going to jump right into the story so we don't, you don't creepo have to yet an inspiration. Well, yeah, I guess you. I guess it. We'll get to that. Depends on what inspired you. But I have a big. Okay. It's not Mark. It's Michael. Okay. It's Michael, and I don't know why I called him Mark. Oh, Mike. Michael. Michael Birdsall. Oh yeah, Michael. Yeah. I have a big announcement to make during the show. No, you don't. Did Mr. Gary Heidnick here inspired the Colonel? Okay, good. We look forward to that, Colonel. Yeah. Um, so the topic of today's podcast is Gary Michael Heidnick. He was a serial killer and murderer who abducted tortured and raped six African-American women, although I really think one is Filipina by her name, but, you know, I'm not going to dispute it if they say it's six African-American women. I'm sure um, I'm wrong, but keeping, uh, keeping he kept him captive in his basement in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is often, often referred to as a serial killer, although he only killed two people, and he doesn't fit the FBI definition of a serial killer, which is three or more. But, you know, he was all-around creepy guy, so we're going to cover him anyway. Here's the, here's the tricky thing with him, and I couldn't figure out. <clears throat> he, he got all African-American women. Mm-hmm. So did that mean he likes Amer- African-American women, or he doesn't like African-American women? Well, yeah, I would, I would think... I don't know. I can't. I can't get. Was it out of attraction or hostility? No. I mean, I don't know. He he had. He well. We'll get into the story. We'll talk about it. So anyway, let me give you a little background on our friend Gary Michael Heidnick. He was born on November twenty second, nineteen forty three, which was exactly twenty years before. Twenty years before Kennedy got assassinated. Yes, exactly. November 22nd. Do you have a crack of book, devil? Because every time he answers, he's, he's looking at me for an answer. He never looks over at you. Because well, you're Cliff you Clayton, and you crack seem to have book. bullshit knowledge of everything. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just going to let you I'm do saying. it, because even if I answered the question, you would answer over top of me, and then add a story about your dog. So, <laughs> you know, I don't need to answer these questions. She kind of has a point. I read, I've read. i read many, many books. So when did you become anti-dog, Neville? I'm not anti-dog. Okay. At all. Uh, back, back to Michael. Uh, his parents were Michael and Ellen Heidnick, so I guess he's a junior. Um, and they were—he was born in East Lake, Ohio, which is a Cleveland suburb. So we, Cleveland. We did, so yeah. nothing good comes out of there. No, we did the Cleveland Strangler not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Heidnick's parents divorced due to his mother's alcoholism. So she took to the drink. He took to the devil juice. And to the devil's juice. He had one older brother whose name was Terry. As a result of the divorce, Gary and Terry, oh, that would get confusing, went uh, to live with their father, who later remarried. Uh, but the, they, Terry and Gary did not like their stepmother. Well, she was uh, probably evil. And her, stepmother. her father, his, their father always sided with her when it came to conflicts. Well, you know. Because yeah, she had the boobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always go with the boobs. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, he would punish the boys severely, uh, Gary severely, for wetting the bed. But he had a, uh, Gary had a... 
because he was 16 years old. Well, <laughs> he had a tendency to wet the bed, and how his dad would punish him was he would hang the soiled sheets in the window for everyone to see. <laughs> you know, so that's, was, that's, not, that's gross. He was pee-shaming. I wonder if he, he was pee-shaming. I wonder if he hung out the crusty tube sock, too, that he used to pleasure and white clean up after he pleasured know, himself. He was, uh, you what know, a dick. <laughs> he would even sometimes dangle Gary out the window by shaking him by the ankles. Well, that makes more that makes more sense that than putting, makes, the, yeah. putting the sheet out there. I don't know. I think that would make you want to pee. Well, you'd think. Well, like I said, the kid well, was... you've never had children. The kid was 16, no. 17 years there old. Are times, there are times where you need to dangle your kids out the window. If you haven't right. done that once, you're not yeah. being a good parent. Right. So would you dangle them out and say, look, you can see seven states or whatever? <laughs> you know, Keep you running your dangle, and I'm like, sometimes, sometimes you drive them when you're doing it, too. It's like, you want to get out of the car right now, you little son of a bitch. You keep your mouth shut. Did Michael Jackson do that? No, he didn't do it by the ankles, did he? he took no, the buddy, but he, he had the baby and dangled him over yeah. the, the yeah. railing. Yeah. Blanket. So, anyway, while he was still a child, uh, Gary uh, fell from a tree. Of course he did. Smashing his skull and suffered a misshapen misshapen cranium, which is believed to have caused some of his uh, behavioral problems. That would do it. His schoolmates took to calling him Football Head. <laughs> you know what? Nice. For the rest of the podcast, can we just call him Football Head? Okay. 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 Wasn't yeah. there, there was a cartoon character they called Football Head. It was Arnold or something. You know, I saw pictures of this guy. I didn't, see, I didn't really see an oblong head, but maybe when he was younger it was oblong. and I don't know. I don't know. But they would call him Football Head. Yeah. Um, despite his, his challenges and a football-shaped head... <laughs> <laughs> A turtlenecks were probably a bitch for him. <laughs> well, I just think about, you know, wearing a hat. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah. Toboggan, you know? You got anything shit. Yeah, a knit cap, you know. It's almost, almost like... Uh, Can't wear a fitted the, ball uh, cap with that. What, were the, what, were the, what was the skill of saying that live? Oh, the cone heads. The cone heads. Yeah. Anyway, despite his uh, abnormality, he was very bright. He had an IQ of uh, 148, which was... Uh, but he was modern Chuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> but was considered. <laughs> is that your? Is that your? That's the big bar we're yeah. setting around here. I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty sad. But you know, he was um, he was considered as eccentric, eccentric, uh, and an oddball. An eccentric an oddball, yes. Yeah. An odd football. Yeah. Did he have money? Because I think only if you have money he, are you eccentric. Actually, he he get, he comes into money. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but you he know, hasn't had no money yet. Not in if a nice you're not, way. If you're poor and you act like that, then you're just weird. You're just fucked up. It's only when people get money yeah. that they're like, oh, he was an eccentric billionaire. Yeah. You never hear he was an eccentric homeless guy under a bridge. Well, we all know. You hear the freak show. Did scary. Uh, when you, when you say the words eccentric, when you say the word eccentric, yes. who's the first person that pops into you? Bernie Sanders in his bathrobe. Well, no, neurotic is a different word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me, you're, you're just a little peculiar. Neurotic is a different I word. You keep saying that for I'm not saying neurotic. I'm saying you're peculiar. You have some peculiarities about your son. Thank, thank you, Colonel. Pot. Do you say? Why don't you look at me? Thank you, Pot. Yeah. <laughs> How's yeah. that glass house fitting? <laughs> I'm not a peculiar uh, man. Oh uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, football ahead. Uh, <laughs> 
He dropped out of high school in the ninth grade and um, attended the uh, Stanton Military Academy for two years. Well, how was he going to get a graduation cap on that? <laughs> yeah, it would. It's probably pissed off that he dropped keep out. Keep falling off. You know, when they all threw him up in the air when they landed, they know which one was his. You'd have to keep his tassel right in the middle, or it's going to fall off. A little weight on either side. <laughs> I know. You could throw his Peyton Manning could throw his graduation cap fifty yards down yes. the field. <laughs> Poor, poor young Gary. In 1961, so he joined the East Military Academy for two years. In 1961, when he was 18, through his father's encouragement, uh, he dropped out of high school. Because, you know, that's a, what was what a father, you know, should they should always encourage your kids mm-hmm. to drop out of high yeah. school. And enlisted in the U.S. Army, uh, and he was stationed in West Germany there for a time uh, in the summer of 1962. Uh, he managed. Was it just a busy year? It was the Berlin, or not the Berlin? Uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Cuban Missile Crisis occurred in '62. Again, so if you'd ever, did you even go to school? What? Well, you did go to school because you played college was softball. Was there a question in there somewhere? I mean, you no, all just, just jumped like, on it. Why was it 1962, and all of a sudden the Cuban Missile Crisis pops into Timmy's head, my head? Yeah. We're not saying you're uneducated. She's thinking about Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah, but. Just a little, uh, never, let's just get on with your show. The show is called History Dweebs. Yeah, could you learn some goddamn history? You know history what? ain't what happened yesterday. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Both of you can have a big old plate to shut the fuck up with a side of asshole casserole with that. <laughs> oh, there you go. And boom, you got and one. And a big in glass there. of penis noir. <laughs> All right. Asshole casserole was our secret word. So uh, thank you, Jennifer, for suggesting that word. Booyah, bitches. All right. Mic drop. Okay. So anyway, he he joins the Army. He's in Berlin, 1962. Um, You know, they've got a lot of, like, sex clubs in Berlin. I bet he was doing all kind of kinky shit over there. Oh, you know he was. Uh, But anyway, he managed to stay out of trouble in the military. Even though he was considered eccentric, uh, he served as a medic in the army for 14 months before being discharged, honorably discharged, uh, with a medical disability. So, Gary, thank you for your service. His, <laughs> <laughs> his official diagnosis was schizoid personality. Head. <laughs> schizoid personality disorder. I know people with that. Well, yeah. then you might want to check their basements. Well. No, just because you have your schizoid personality disorder does not mean you're uh, a violent person. But in his case, he was. Well, the people that I know would be. And he was also a football head, so <laughs> he had a lot going for him. Yeah, <clears throat> wonder how he got that in a tank. So Gary, um, <laughs> Get Gary <stuck> going in. <laughs> Gary started uh, like a cork. I don't know how. I don't know how he gets his haircut. You know. But, you know what? I better be. Good. You know what? The only thing. A football head good for what? A faux hawk, servicing a woman. Oh, because you think think about it. He could put like a an, uh, a vibrator or a dildo on the top of his head, strap it on. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, see, we think, like the laces. We think alike. Yeah. Like the, well, <laughs> yeah. I think it says more about you. <laughs> anyway, I said he was a medic, right? Yes. He started taking nursing classes after he got out of the army in Philadelphia, completing them in a year and received an internship to Philadelphia General Hospital. It's like uh, General Hospital, only it's in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, yeah. In 1967, he purchased a three-story house and started to frequent the 
Elwin Institute, a house for the developing disabled. Now, I changed that. It said the house for the retarded in the notes, but, you know, being a progressive that I am, I changed that to the house of the developing disabled. But in 1967, it was the house for the retarded. And you ever wonder why they changed the words? Because now... I got three boys. They're not especially sensitive. Mm-hmm. No way. So since you can't say the word retard, mm-hmm. uh, and you call people challenged or developmentally, developmentally disabled, or yeah, you can't touched. go full developmentally disabled. Yeah. Well, well, you have to. <laughs> so then, that's what my boys call each other. Well, you know, Logan, he's a little bit developmentally disabled. Mm-hmm. So it just changes. It doesn't matter what you... Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be a slurry the way. You have to go full-on developmentally disabled yeah. in order to get an Academy Award. Uh, no, you can't go full disabled. I think you do. No, I think it, you can't. You know what is a bad combination? Full retard and commando. <laughs> well, <laughs> not for him. No, no. He liked full retard and commando. So in 1967, he buys this house. I do not catch that. Near, near this institute for the House of the Developing Disabled. He started doing some work there. He was 27 years old, and his mother, Ellen, who, remember her? She was a drink, you know, she was, she was out drunk. Yes. Well, she committed suicide by taking a drug overdose when he was 27. And as you know, Colonel, suicide is, can have a direct effect on your... Uh, it can have a negative, somewhat negative effect on your development. Yes. But he was 27 at the time. Stunned it's yours. <laughs> it stunned him out a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Gary made his... Uh, he made many suicide attempts himself after his mother's uh, death uh, by, taking, uh, by o- overdosing on medication and alcohol. And in 19, and this was occurred in 1970, and he uh, was in, was resulted in frequent hospitalization. In 1971, though, while on a trip to California, uh, he had a startling revelation, uh, and a he startling what revelation revelation, uh, that he should form his own church. So, what? This is the magic moment, Timmy. Okay, I'm reading about Gary Hednick. <clears throat> And you know this whole presidential thing. I just don't want to get into it anymore. Okay. Because you know, I, I, for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. But I'm reading this script last night because you know I like to prepare. Oh, like you're known. You're known, you're known for your preparedness. Yes. And I'm reading this, and I am, as you know, an ordained minister. You both are. You and Brady are both ordained yes. ministers. So, and I thought, you know what? Online ministers, but still, Don't I judge. could do. No, I'm a legit. Now I can marry people in this county. Well, yeah. So Just I thought, you, you know what, online. Colonel, you make people happy. You bring joy to their lives. You know, mm-hmm. what do you need to do? How can you touch more people? Mm-hmm. How can Ew. you touch more people? Why? Ew. I don't and like where this I is thought, going. Well, you know what? I could do my own podcast. Right. You know, do a podcast by myself, but that wouldn't be no fun. And it would require you know? work on your part. And, and then, no one would listen. And nobody would listen. And there ain't a whole lot of money in it. Right? <laughs> we're finding that out. So, uh, what we're going to do, what I have decided to do. Ugh. Is be the founder, the leader, the uh, charismatic leader of the first church of the Latter Day Colonel. 
<laughs> now, on so, our webpage, there will be a button. So you're like Charles Manson. That you can donate to the church. Like Jim Jones. First Church of yeah. the Latter Day. You get Kool Aid at your church? Hmm? You get Kool Aid at your church? There will be Kool Aid, there will be refreshments all the time. Uh, we will have a live band. Um, we might have some snakes. Um, not poisonous. Is Scott snakes. a bishop at your church? We will make Scott a member of the church. Um, so, yes, we're going to put, if you look for our, our page, there will be a little button that says donate. That money will go directly to the first church of the Latter-day Colonel. Because, you know, I, I, I look at our page, Timmy. Uh-huh. I look at the page. And a lot of people, in, I mean, I'm looking right to my right, right here. The brand that means nothing to anybody listening. To Brandy. Yeah, this is not television. Yeah, I, I forgot that sometimes. <laughs> and there are people, the soul needs work, Timmy. Yeah. The soul needs work. I mean, it's like you, devil. Look at you. I mean, you're... you're, you're Mess. Physically, on outward appearances, you appear fine. But inside, I know... It's like you just your soul's decaying, devil. It's your like soul. cigarettes. You, you may look fine on the outside, but inside it's all yeah, it's all, yeah. It's and all your soul needs work. It, <clears throat> you need a whole rehab done, and and a lot of people on the page, especially the p- people on the team vagina, they need they need work on the souls. You think they Kim need Taylor work. needs some work on her soul? No, Kimberly's on team vagina. <laughs> she well, she probably does, but. I don't want to offend anybody Brittany? on my team, huh? What about Brittany? Brittany? Chacon? Mm-hmm. The girl ain't even got a soul. So that's what I'm trying to help. Listeners, look, you can make your way right. You can make your life right. Just join the first church of the Latter-day Colonel. You're Jim Baker. And we, you, um, you need a Tammy Faye. Well, we're You're gonna Jim have, Baker. We're going to have an amusement. For the first thing we're going to start off, we're going to start off small with a petting zoo. Um, and then we're going to get into our where we. Oh, well, we not. can't go full out amusement park. He doesn't first. goddamn know what he's fucking doing over yeah. here. You got no focus. You're not going to be able to run a ministry <laughs> for the love of all that's good and holy. But you, you don't, don't worry about my soul, okay? I got my shit covered. Don't worry about your soul. Don't worry about it. I got my shit covered. Look, you know, here's what you got, devil. What? Here's what you got. Oh, please tell me. As, as, who was it that said, Maria? Such a pretty face, and I'll I'll give you that. And and, and I I don't know if those things you, that you got right? on your chest. What, what is this right here? Okay, I've seen your eyes actually turn red. I've seen them glow. I don't know if you got fire that shoots out of your your mammaries or whatnot. Your whatevers or your whatevers, but uh, <laughs> there's something wrong with you that I think I can fix. First of all. He has the love of Jesus in his heart. I got the... Do you know Jesus, devil? Do you know Jesus? You're getting ready to meet him. (laughs) I I just want you to get a little closer. That's all. So he's asking. So he's asking. So anyway, that's my announcement. Pick up a Bible, everyone. You're his Tammy Faye. Evidently... Timmy is Timmy Faye. He's Timmy Faye. And it wouldn't hurt if it was the Bible. Jim and Timmy Faye. Yeah. That's what we have. Okay, I don't know how I got drawn into this, but anyway. Because you opened your yapper, that's how. <laughs> Gary Heinig decided to start his own church in 1971. Because evidently it's that easy. Well, when he returned to Philadelphia, he registered the United Church of the Ministers of God and installed himself as Bishop Heinig. At that time, the church, in quotation marks, had just five members. I don't know who they are, which included Terry Heinig, his brother, and Gary's retarded girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> 
at I'm least two other people. Yeah, probably a couple of the other members of yeah. the institute. They're probably having... just coming in to get warm. <laughs> <laughs> so forty percent of your church is retards. Well, I, we don't know that. We don't want to. We don't family wanna... or something. Yeah. But anyway, he has a small church. Yeah, I guess. In 1975, he opened a Merrill Lynch account in the church's name. That's what I'm going to do. Over the next 12 years, 1975 to 1987. Uh, he took a small part of his childhood. Uh, um, he had uh, he had some you know he got some money when he was a kid. He invested it, and he he parlayed fifteen hundred dollars into five hundred and forty five thousand dollars. Nice. So the dude was smart, as we said. Uh, during this time, he was in and out of mental hospitals or ministering to the retarded. <laughs> I wonder if he ministered while he was in the mental hospital. I don't know. You've got to think did. he's probably, you know, that his congregation's probably made up of people who are developmentally disabled, but you I know, don't know that. When you're in a mental hospital, those people are very su- open to suggestion. That's where I'm going to actually recruit some of my members from, is the local psychiatrist. Is where I recruited for this podcast. <laughs> what you need to do is explain to everybody that the good Lord, that the good Lord wants you to have a private jet. The, the, well, right now the Lord just like wants Tony me. Robbins. Yeah, he wants me to have. I got. A, he wants me to have a Ferrari. Yeah, and a male water bride. So, and who are real, you? A real doll. And who are you to stand in 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 the way of what the Lord wants? Exactly. Are you still going to get the man breast? Nope. We're going with the church. All We're right. going to get. He's going to go with the church and the plastic doll and the uh, and the uh, lifelike. Simulated woman doll. I think you should. If, well, your church, you should have counseling for people who are heterosexual and they want to be turned into homosexual. Well, you know, pray the gay, pray the gay, pray for not away, pray, pray, pray for, for gay, pray for gay. I'm, I could do that. Yeah, I bring the kids in as counselors. You make me want to be gay. Yeah. Makes me want to slit my wrist. <laughs> okay, so um, Timmy Faye is not happy with you right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, he, he, I mean, he invested and he, he got a half over half a million dollars. Uh, he was. Uh, so this guy turned a thousand dollars into half a million dollars. Yes, and he did it using you know the tax exemptions under, under the church. You know, he, I, I believe I could do this. And he founded the, the, he then founded the Church of High Nick. Has it? And oh, it's there's ordained. a lot going on there. Yeah. So he's. So he's he, he, he just said, "Yeah, nah, forget the Church of God. It's a Church of Hiding." Okay. So now he's only to one church. He doesn't. Yeah. Have two yeah. Churches. He gave it the other one. Now, see, the Church of Hiding's just that's just like egotistical. It's he's like he got a megalomania. Thing. Well, the dude began living a high life. He purchased Rolls Royces, Cadillacs, and a custom van. Oh, Jesus wanted him to have that. I bet it has shag carpeting. I bet it has some no badass speakers. No windows. Probably. No windows. So, yeah, and a, a puppy. Little, little bad company playing on the stereo. Some woofers and free candy and vinyl letters on the side. White Snake. So, yeah. play White Snake. in 1976, he purchased another house, a three-story house, and he another rented out two of the floors. And he moved, which he moved into his uh, mentally disabled girlfriend, Janetta Davison, where he began living a successful, uh, successful life with his young uh, Antoinette. You know, I can't help but notice throughout this script, uh-huh. you have caught the word retard and replaced it. Well, because that's every reference. That's what they, you know, when you go in. But you've all... done it about 75% of the time. He's <laughs> <laughs> referring to his yeah, retard. I should have did like a search. <laughs> but he... Um, 
Yeah, he really preyed on the people who were developing, developing the disabled for his social life, for his girlfriends, for well, his Well, maybe church. he had a fetish. Or they were easy targets. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on. Probably. So what happens next there, young Brandy? So in 78, Football Head had his first child. Yay, there's somebody who should be reproducing. Well, it was probably a bitch coming out. Uh, it was a daughter named Maxine. There's an episiotomy done with a chainsaw. Jesus, God, I guess. Uh, Maxine was her name? Maxine was her name, and he had it with his girlfriend. This girl, The girlfriend, uh, he later abducted the girlfriend's sister, Alberta, who was also mentally disabled. From an institution in Harrisburg. See what I mean? He's really he's got that. So this guy that, uh, and the girlfriend. Fetish. He's got a retard fetish. It's a guy and the girlfriend. They see have when baby. he's talking about double D's, he's talking about developing disabled. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's a fetish for the developing disabled. I wonder if you went into and this. You know is, what? There probably is, and that really makes me sad. Well, I mean, he, he, I think he was taking. He they're easy targets. It's just, you know, he's taking. That makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, of all the things in the story, this is what makes you I sad. haven't gotten to anything okay. else out loud yet here. Uh, he was later arrested and charged with aggravated assault. Then multiple charges of abduction and rape when the women when women were found changed in his basement. Those two women, yeah. Um, while the aggravated assault charges were dropped, football head served three to seven years in prison with yeah. For the other charge, which was it, which one was it, Timmy? Was it three or seven? So he got he got sentenced to three, three to, to seven, seven years. He must prison. have served four. Yeah, he but he was released in April of 1983. Yeah. In 1984, he purchased his third house and began advertising his church. And on the following year, Hednick used a matrimonial service to meet his future wife. The yeah. precursor to Meryl, Mail Order Bride. With whom he corresponded by mail for two years before proposing to her. She's from the Philippines. So this girl, well, so Maxine, Maxine's mom is gone. Okay. I, I'm taking it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Betty Disto arrived from the Philippines in September of 1985 and married Hednick in Maryland on October 3rd of 1985. But the marriage rapidly deteriorated. Uh, when she found Hednick in bed with three other women. That'll do it every time, Carl. And he you forced cannot, her. You cannot have be at home with three other women and your wife come in. And what is the well, limit? And then he then forced her to have sex with them. What? So what would be the limit? I mean, if... Because three sounds like a lot to me. So you come... And this is a hypothetical, but you come home, devil... And you find... You know, we, we seldom do hypotheticals on this show. Sure. Yeah. yeah we usually straight stay right, right with the story. So you come home, you find Dave in bed with two women. Uh-huh. Is that acceptable? No. Okay, just one other woman. No. Now, see, goddamn, you're just being unreasonable now. Well, it kind of depends. I mean, you got to be flexible here. It really kind of depends. Do I have... Other things I need to do. I mean, are they in my way for doing something? Because that okay. ends. Let's you find Dave in bed with one woman, two, but the other two women, but the other one gets up and vacuums. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's acceptable. But you know what? <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> so Dave yeah. is a ladies' man. He is a ladies. He's man. sort of like a ladies' man, <laughs> but different. So uh, let's see. He beat and raped her until she left him three months later. 
See, beating and raping your newlywed will really, it's, it's, you get off to a bad start. We don't it, like it. He, we should not have to walk into our own home yelling no rapesies. He, he kind of skipped the honeymoon phase there. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have to go, was he a swimmer for Stanford? You should not have to go walk into your house going, you know what, today, no beating, no rapesies. I'm yeah, calling no. it now. I just well, want to watch Jeff. Well, if he's going to do that, you at least bring her flowers. I think part of the problem is you have cultural differences. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. It, you have, he uh, comes you have home. a human race, and then you have him. Well, no, I mean, he comes home, he's expecting, you know, a nice hot dinner, um, and maybe she's not cooking the right. She's from the Philippines, so maybe she don't know how to make a good meatloaf. No. You know? I don't know. So he come home, he well, all mad. I have a lot Let me of friends from the Philippines. No, I'm just saying, so you know that maybe they don't know how to make a They're, they're very talented people. She's you? probably smoking a pig in the backyard. <laughs> or the dog. Right. So the dogs. So anyway. Look how defensive he gets when I you know. bring up any Asian group. <laughs> any know. Asian group, Timmy's all up. Now you guys are screwing up Tim, my Tim will make fun of retards, cripples, anything else, but you say one thing about an Asian, he's like, Yo, you or Latinos. Stop that. Or Latinos, yeah. So, Headneck, again, uh, knocked up Betty in their short marriage. Uh, so he got her pregnant, is what you're trying yes, to say. Yes, but he didn't know that until she came back and asked him for child support payments. Ah, uh, see. So he didn't even have the decency to pull out when he was raping her. Nope. And after yeah. the divorce, Lomas Betty gave birth to his son, Jesse John Disto. You know what? That's when you need to get out. You say, hell with the child support. <laughs> Put me on the back, next plane back to Manila. <laughs> right. But Hednick was never known to have any kind of relationship with his son, which I'm sure his son is eternally grateful for. Yes, exactly. Um, he, Although his father is a man of the Lord. Well, mm-hmm. he also desired to have sex slaves and wanted to create a harem. Who does? doesn't? Well, yeah. So he began his series of abductions and rapes in 1986. On November 25th of 86, Hednick picked up Josefina Rivera, a part-time African-American prostitute, and took her to... Is she a part-time African-American, or is she a part-time prostitute? <laughs> I think she's a part-time prostitute. I don't know that you can do either one. <laughs> and see, by her name, I think she might be part Filipina, too, because I've know, I known Filipinas with the both first and last name, so I don't know if she's like... Not everybody's a Filipina. Because no, no, Josefina... Uh, Rivera. So if you're just selling the ass from 10 a.m. to noon, well, she, cause then you're she's a whore go, all day. No, because then <laughs> she's got to go work her shift as a surgeon at the <laughs> yeah, exactly. But would you not agree bitch. that if you if you if you're selling selling yourself for two hours a day, and really, Colonel, you're always a whore. Most most women part time prostitutes. Well. Really? This is what we're going to do I'm now? Just, I'm just setting him I'm up. Just, I'm not waiting. I'm, I'm just setting him up. No, yeah. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> when you're, I'm, I'm just robbing the basketball. All I'm, I'm not saying by the way that the things work here. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten through this. I'm just you know, setting him up. The colonel, he likes to have relations with Mrs. Colonel. Right. But that seems to be dependent on the colonel providing other services or compensating her in some way. Well, because other than that, she doesn't want to. What's the point? There's no point. So I think, and I believe that most women 
They want to be, it might not be money that changes hands, but they want to be compensated. They want the yard All I want cut. are my gutters cleaned out. That's all I want. That's what I'm talking about. Whore. And if you're a big whore. And if 10 minutes, uh, <laughs> and if 20 minutes of action makes you happy. Okay, so we've lost, we've lost probably 30%. Really the, we're really the sucker here, though. We've lost 30% of our audience. I'm just saying, they're all prostitutes. It's just a matter of what no, the rate is. Who's really the sucker here? Because all we have to do is lay there and take it. And then you all have to do all the work there. And then you got to get up and clean the gutters. That's We've got a good thing going. And I've just given away all our secrets. So now, yeah. hush. The vagina mafia. They do have a, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so poor little Josephina. She got angry after a fight with her boyfriend and left their apartment in the slum area in North Philadelphia to go to work. So clearly she was going to be late for work. Well, I wonder if she was going to uh, her regular job or her tooting job. All right, well, <laughs> she was late for work. Got to punch that clock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So she was braving the rain and bitter cold. She noticed a silver and white Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Now, if you're in Philadelphia, if you're in Philadelphia, it's cold. It's it's probably wintertime. It's raining. It's probably wintertime. Well, I'm just guessing. Well, and, November. Yeah. And, and, it was and, November 25th. So. And, and it's almost Thanksgiving. And then this... Uh, what, 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 what? I don't care. I don't think it matters if a silver Cadillac Coupe de Ville drives slowly past me. Your ass is getting in. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna give mm-hmm. it a second look. Yes. So go ahead. So um, let's see. She moved closer as the driver's side window slid down, and a bearded man asked if she wanted a ride. So she may have thought he was Santa Claus. Well, <laughs> he looked you know, okay to her, and she got. I, a car. I would get maybe get in a car with a bearded man, but not the bearded lady. Well, no, the bearded lady's just asking for trouble. But I'm not sure, you know, even if he's bearded, does he still look like a football head? Because I don't think I would do that. Well, I think the beard brings some kind of proportion to it. I have this image in my head of um, Sloth from the Goonies. I have an image See, of Charlie his Brown. His don't, don't appear like he's Charlie got Brown had a round head. He had a basketball head. but Yeah, but I, I, I see Sloth from the Goonies. So anyway, so he introduced himself as Gary. Told her he had to make a stop. Um, so she's like, whatever, that's fine. And shortly after that, they pulled into a nearby McDonald's. She followed him as he went inside and bought coffee and sat with him as he drank it. He didn't even buy her fucking coffee. Well. Um, with a quick... With a quick... Well, she probably wanted a latte or something. They probably didn't go to Starbucks. No, they went to McDonald's, dipshit. I just said that. You wrote it. I said it. This is back before they had the McCafe's. Here's his picture. Oh, so it's a football, up and down football, not a sideways football. Yeah, that makes got, a difference. He's got the elongated uh, yeah. Herman Munster head or whatever. Yeah. Well, lurch. He yeah. needs like, like a flat top. It would look cool. So they go to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. He gets himself a cup of coffee. He's sitting there drinking it. And Josephine is kind of sizing him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's white. His face was framed by a neatly trimmed beard. Uh, but he had these cold blue eyes. And a football head. And a football head. Uh, although he wore an inex- or, or, I'm sorry. Although he wore an expensive watch and jewelry and drove a luxury car, she noticed that her his clothes were cheap and soiled. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> so he's still being the man. He's still pissing himself. <laughs> right. Grasping. So things. she grasped him by the ankles and hung him out to drive through a window. Right. Grasping for lesson. things to sh- to say, she asked him his name. She asked him his name. And he told her, Gary, hi, Nick. He said, sullenly. Sullenly. So he wasn't real happy about that anyway. Several minutes later, he finished his coffee and told her they were leaving. 
when she asked where they were going, he told her they were going to his house. Now, when at what point do you start charging him? And when because you get in the car, car I think, don't you ask where you're going right up front? Well, um, he said he said I got to stop and get this, and then we're going to stop mm-hmm. here and get coffee. Yeah, and motherfucker didn't buy her no coffee. <laughs> so basically, she's on the clock. Here. I was going to say, is she on the clock when she's drinking clocking? Yeah. I think she's punched in as soon as she gets in the car with him. Because now, as soon as she gets in the car, they're running his personal. Nah, errands. because it's cold and snowy and rainy. They're running his personal errands. She's on the clock. Nah, he keeping her cold. Or he keeping her warm. Well, he no. was loaded. He had money. She figured he, he could, you know, he, he could No, she's it. on the clock. So, she has every right to know. So, anyway, so they go to, he said, you know, we're going to go to my house. Which I'm sure, you know, judging by his clothes, she was looking a lot forward to. Yeah, so he was hoping it would be more like his car than his clothes. Yes. So, they drove, surprisingly, he drove to a dilapidated house in a seedy neighborhood. Ugh. Uh but Josephina noticed another car that was parked in front of him. It was a Rolls Royce. Nice. So clearly he's putting out bucks for something. Yeah, he's not spending. He's not house poor. No, clearly not. Or he might be. Maybe he's living out of those cars. Uh, when they reached the door, Hednick pulled out a strange key and pushed it into the lock. I wonder what makes it a strange. Key. I don't know. You wrote it. When Josephina remarked about it, he explained that he cut the key into two pieces. Uh, oh, half of which stay in the lock, preventing anyone but him from entering the home. Uh, Look at him smart. thinking ahead, mm-hmm. already, already anticipating getting caught. Yeah. The door opened into a kitchen, which was decorated by pennies mm. that had been glued to half of its walls. <laughs> <laughs> I like that look. <laughs> Well, I think if you shellac it, maybe it would look better. But you can't just have crazy random pennies glued. Well, I'm wondering the if it was, was they glued or were they put up with chewing gum? No, this says glue, so you should be in good shape. <laughs> okay. I got cereal bowls made out of pennies. Yeah. Okay. So he took her into a living room that had some nasty furniture. He offered to show her around. Wait, there's more. <laughs> I've got carpet on the ceiling. Yeah. So he's going. He t- wants to take her up. Leads her up his narrow staircase. And as she reaches the door of his bedroom, she couldn't believe her eyes. The hallway and direct, the hallway directly in front of it had been partially covered with one and five dollar bills. Oh. Hmm. That's how he rolls. Wow. So baller shot caller. My God. <laughs> so she thought she hit the jackpot. Yeah, I guy's doubt got that seriously. Five dollar bills. Huh? Until what she's doing is thinking, I can't wait till this motherfucker goes to sleep. Yeah. I'm gonna do a little. Uh, be scraping wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> right. Be <laughs> some furniture moving. Uh, suddenly, the football head stepped behind her and started choking her with his hands. <laughs> that, see, that runs the moment there, right there. It does. And so, it typically raises the rate. Well, yeah, you got to pay for that. You need to work that shit out up front. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, this, is, this is what I'm telling people. When you go to a prostitute, you got to be very upfront about what you want, or you're you're gonna you can't you can't depend on well, them. all those hidden fees that they'll get into right? mm-hmm. and, and taxes. It's like the extra luggage fee. It's like it's like, like your cell phone bill. If you no, <laughs> yeah, well, it is like your cell phone or like a hotel bill. Yeah, like yeah. you're paying so much up front for the base rate, but then if you get into the mini bar or I you didn't take get, a yeah. you I take didn't get the no shampoo, sprite. yeah, yeah. But as soon as that happens, it's game on. It's all them hidden fees. Yeah, because once you show up, you're using a towel. Yeah, you. If there's anything, if there's anything I've learned from Timmy, Uh you don't choke a hoe for free. Well, 
Well, it's okay to choke a hole, hole <laughs> but you do it in a different way. I just, I was not with your hands. If that was, oh, okay, I got you. I was wondering if that was the tribe she was from. Uh, <laughs> the Choco tribe. Choco tribe. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, so he handcuffs her wrists and then takes her from the top floor into the basement. Uh, he drug her over to a dirty mattress. Attached metal clamps to her ankles and connected them to one end of the chain. I wonder if it had pea stains on that mattress. Oh. Uh, he then applied glue to the clamps and dried them with a hair dryer. The other end he fastened around a large pipe that was attached to the ceiling. When he was finished, he told her to sit up and promptly laid his head in her lap and went to sleep. So he was a gentle kidnapper rapist. And, you know, she's thinking, this isn't going to be no quickie here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the rate just keeps going up. Right. Uh, Josephina awoke. Uh, There was enough daylight to see a small room, to see the small room that was her prison. Uh, In the center of the room, a small area of concrete had been removed and a shallow pit had been dug in the ground underneath. When Hednick returned, he set to work to widen and deepen the hole. So he's, it's a work in progress. I wonder if he put cones around it to make sure she didn't <laughs> I fall I see him falling. Uh, as she watched him working... <laughs> he's going to get a hoe in a hole. Uh, he's going to get a, a hoe in a hole. How, how horrifying. It's a hoe in one. <laughs> That's why we said that job is the most dangerous job in the world. Because you, you run into some really... Some wackos? Yeah. It's like working dreams. here. All right, so... He's, he's making the hole bigger. And as she watched him work, he told her that all he ever wanted was a large family. And to that end, he'd already fathered four children to four separate women, but lost contact with them for various reasons. <laughs> and then you got to start all over. It could be the raping and beating. It could yeah. be. I mean, lost contact, yeah. He told Josephina that his plan was to get ten women and make all of them pregnant. So he. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. could raise his family. Can you imagine 10 pregnant women in your house at the same time, Carl? Oh, for fuck's sake. And then, just to prove his point, he raped her. Left alone a second time, Josephina loosened one of the ankle clamps. And after, well, Elmer's glue will not hold. Yeah, I was going to say, what kind of self-respecting kidnapping rapist glues the clamps together? Yeah, he did blow blow dry it. Uh, After prying the covers from the window, stretched the chain to its full length and lifted herself halfway out of the window. Well, couldn't she figure out she wasn't going to be able to get out that window if her, well, I if guess, her chain I is still... I guess she was screaming or whatever, trying to get help. 
Uh, let's see. Unable to escape fully, she screamed, hoping that a neighbor would come to her aid. Unfortunately, it was old football head. He pulled her back in the basement and beat her with a stick <laughs> until she quieted down. Well, see, <laughs> she didn't get to pick her own switch. So in my my head, you know that game Whack a Mole. Yes, she was playing Whack a Hole with her. <laughs> she had her head out. He was whacking. Uh, her. This poor was, girl. But here's the other thing. She goes through hell. She's got a lot more. Yeah, you don't poor girl. Beat somebody with a stick until they quiet down. Because the, if you want somebody to be quiet, beating them with a stick is not the, really way the way to go. Right. There's like a crescendo that gets reached yeah. until they didn't say, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to get beat with the stick. Right. They, you know. So this poor girl, she's yeah, just trying to go to work. Yeah, you can beat with a stick, you might as well scream. She's try, she was just trying to go to work. Yeah. Uh, so then he pushed, he pushed her down into the tiny hole in the floor. He forced her head onto her chest and covered her with a piece of plywood and stacked heavy weights on top oh, of it. Oh, my God. To make sure that her screams didn't attract any outside attention, he set up a radio and tuned it to a hard rock station at maximum volume and left. Oh. Oh, my God. So she's listening so to Great White. So she's listening to Leonard Skinner and Great White. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. After she... Le- okay. As she lay half naked and cramped on the freezing earth, Josephina struggled to breathe and waited to die. Uh, on December 3rd, 1986... Had Nick abducted the next his next victim it was a mentally disabled young woman named Sandra Lindsay. He's back to the mentally disabled. Yes. I'm telling you, it's a fetish. Is from the confines. Well, you think of it's a pitch. fetish, or it's just like opportunity? I, I think it's a fetish because he he got the prostitute easy enough. He could have just got you know. Yeah. So he's plus he was hanging around that one house that had mentally disabled yeah. people. I, th- I think it was a strange fetish the guy had. Well, so from so Josephina's still in the pit. The radio's still on, and Josephina clearly hears a woman complaining. Um, and the sound she hears the sounds of chains dragging across the floor. So a short time later, uh, football head lifted the boards up uh, and dra- drug her out of the pit. Uh, Josephina saw the other young black woman sitting there. She was naked. She only had on a blouse. She was chained to the pipe in the ceiling the same way that she had been. Poor little Josephina had been on the first night. Uh, This woman, the other woman, seemed to have no clue what was going on. She seemed very oblivious. And Hednick actually uh, gave him an introduction since they were going to be spending some time together. Oh, that's good. With Sandy Lindsay. They did a little icebreaker. They did. So that was like sister captives. Yes, they were. Um, He introduced them and then, you know, told them to talk amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And then he left. I mean, not, this sounds mean, but if you're a captive and you get a room cellmate, you're kind of hoping that they got, they're bringing something to the table. (laughs) Might know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Something, anything. Well, so they start she talking. She just wanted to go pick the shiny pennies off the Right. Well, just, that's how he got her in there, Sandy yeah. and the promise of pennies. Well, I mean, yes, it's sad. So as they talk, Josephina starts to understand that, you know, that old girl is, is disabled. So she, Sandy tells Josephina that she'd been at a friend of Football Head's house for several... She'd been a friend of Football Head's. For several years, since they'd met at... That Elwin Institute, that where Elwin he used Institute, to hang around. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she described Gary as a good friend who always looked after her, but not anymore. She wouldn't describe him like that again. 
In a voice devoid of emotion, she described how she often had sex with Gary and his friend Tony. Later, she became pregnant, but she'd had an abortion. When Heidnick learned what she'd done, he flew into a rage and offered her $1,000 to have his baby. When she refused, Heidnick said, well, fuck you then, and brought, took her prisoner and brought her home. Yeah. She went with the I'll thousand. teach you. Yeah, she went with the grand. Yeah. Uh, as she finished her story, Sandy devolved, dissolved into tears. And it kind of started to dawn on her that she was screwed. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was half, you know, I was joking about if you're captive and the, the, you get a roommate, cellmate, you're hoping that they had some skills. But really, then you got, seemed to me, you're not only you got to worry about your own safety, you got right. someone else you got to worry about. Well, especially if they're disabled. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. If, well, I'm, no. if I'm held captive with somebody else, I ain't worried shit about them. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Think about this, Brady. You're held captive in a basement. And they bring down Chuck. And they bring down Chuck. (laughs) He's screwed. He's on his own. That's what I mean. I ain't worried about anybody else. I just got to be able to run faster than Chuck. (laughs) And I think we're good. Trip him. Yeah, we're good. But you know what? I'll tell you something, Timmy. These developmentally disabled people, if she would have turned, see, they can flip a switch and get very, very ferocious. Really? Yes, they can, Timmy. Because Chuck is an expert. You have personal experience with that? I do. I do of course have personal he does. experience with this. Of thing. course he does. <laughs> Me and my brother one no, time. I have so much more here. You're going to have to This is a quick not, one? No, it's not. It this is a never quick a quick one. Let's see where this goes. Me and my brother Christ. one time, we're, we're pulling into Kmart. We're getting out of the car. Don't look at me. Now, my brother has me laughing about something. I'm just laughing pretty hard. Which one of you is developmentally disabled in this story? The guy in the next in the car next to us. It's not Chuck, of course. And he yeah. tries to shut his trunk with his groceries and whatnot, and he, he shuts his hand in his trunk, all right, which must have been quite painful. Sure. And I am laughing hysterically. But I'm laughing hysterically at something my brother had done, not at him. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I see him slam his hand in the door, or in the trunk, I try to stop myself from laughing. But you know how that goes when you try to stop yourself from laughing. And, uh, well, this man thinks that I, uh, he thinks that I'm laughing at him. Now this man's probably about forty-five years old. He was he was, what I will say, slow-witted. How old were you at the time? I was about twenty-four years old. Okay. And I'm 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 still kind of laughing at my brother. And this guy runs right to me, and he's literally inches from my face. I assume he got and starts to scream at me from for laughing at him. And how it ain't funny, you son of a bitch. And, you know, and I'm like, Mr., I'm, I, I, I'm, I know it ain't funny, and I ain't laughing at you. And he said, you think it's so funny, I'll kick your ass. And I said, well, okay, there ain't no reason to do that. I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you, I ain't laughing at you. And this guy says, you don't think I could do it, do you? And I said, sir, I'm, I'm completely certain that you could do it. I'm you know, I mean, the guy's a little guy, and he's, you know, I don't want to. And I said, sir, I, I'm sure you can. And I apologize. If I've done anything to offend you, I apologize for this. Now, this has my brother over on the other side hysterical. Now, see, I, when, every time he tells a story, he's always the voice of reason. First of all, you let him continue with this story. <laughs> no, so Let's now my brother's hysterical goes. with this. 
Okay. So I'm telling him. In her hour two. And he says to me, I could, I could, I can, I. And he points right at me. He says, I'm pretty tough. And I said, okay. And then he says about three times to me, I'm pretty tough. He could beat me up. I'm pretty tough. Maybe and, he is. And finally I say, look, I apologize. There's no reason to get all worked You're up here. You're such a peacekeeper. Yeah, he's, he's known for being a voice of your, reason. Back to your you know, car and we'll go in here. And... Uh, it became a thing, you know, me and my brother, we'd just joke about it. You know, I'd say, I'm pretty tough, you know. I'm pretty tough, you know. But my brother, now I think I've done a good thing by not. Oh, my God. You know, letting this situation escalate. Because I'm waiting for this guy to just start flailing on me. You know how, they, how people can get. But I imagine he's going to hit like a girl just flapping his arms like, you know. Got whooped your ass, didn't like he? No. Nah. So... I'm feeling pretty good about this, how the way I handled everything. And I was like, that guy was, that guy was me and my brother walking into Kmart. I said, that guy was crazy. My brother looks at me and says, I didn't realize until now what a bitch you were. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, 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 the, that's the, the highlight of the story right there. What? That, that there's nothing else. There was really not. You I let mean, that happen. Just yeah. how a guy, just because you can't, you, you, just because they're mentally disabled does not mean they're always smiling, giggling, and laughing. I got gotcha. you. So that he went, uh, he went nuts on you. He went batshit crazy on me, and I was trying and to you, calm you, him down in the best down. way I could. And, and then my brother retired now. So he backed down to a retard. <laughs> I did. I no, did. I'm and my brother kidding. made no, it. I'm just kidding. There's a war kidding. of wits. Yeah. All right, Randy, continue. <laughs> Well, I don't even know where I was. All right. So she finishes her story. Sandy realizes that, you know, that she's kind of screwed. And so she starts crying. Uh, one day, Football Head told Sandy that her sister and two cousins had come looking for her, but had gone away assuming no one was home. Later on, he forced Sandy to write a note to her mother um, saying that she'd gone away and would call later. Uh, he told the women that he would post the letter from New York so her mother would think Sandy had run away. So he's going um, yeah, to drive to New York uh, and post well, the letter. You know, I saw, I saw this thing one time where his kid ran away from home, and he would go to the airport, and he would say, could you mail this when you get to wherever? Yeah. And, and he'd send his parents, like, letters and postcards from all over, the, and they couldn't figure out where the hell he was because he'd just go to the airport yeah. and hand it to the stranger. You can't do that shit now. If you no. kidnap people, that's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, although Sandy didn't seem to understand the implications of that note, uh, Josephina knew exactly what it fucking was. And as the days dragged into weeks, Football Heads' behavior became incre- increasingly bizarre. He fed them sporadically. He kept them semi-naked so he could indulge his sexual appetite whenever he felt like it, which was all the time. So he was horny, Football Head. Most football heads are horny. Yeah. Well, uh, when he was absent, they would huddle together for warmth and waited in fear for his return. I think it's funny that they huddle around and talk about football head. I did, but it doesn't ever say, and this was, I always wonder about this when they keep captives in the basement mm-hmm. and then they're coming in having sex with them. Mm-hmm. Do they like spray him down with a hose or something? Because after Probably a while, they become a little funky. He's didn't he like, do, uh, in uh, pissy pants. Did he do that in uh, um, 
Silence of the Lambs, didn't the guy spray water down in the pit? Well, I think he did that well, to yeah, punish him. Well, you got to put the lotion on your skin, or yeah. else you get the hose again. Yeah. So yeah. he at least wanted him to be. But I mean, you up. think you'd at least have a shower or some kind of facility because. If you're going to do that, at least throw down a shower cap, is all I'm saying. But well, well, the Silence and Lambs guy did not want, he didn't want to have sex with them. He just wanted their skin. Wanted well, their I skin. know, but Mike's so he saying didn't, he, he would spray water on them. At some point, you'd want that, right? He sprayed water, well, he sprayed water. Well, no, he just lowered down lotion. Oh. He lowered down lotion, he but lowered down lotion. you would think skin so because mm-hmm. these are, uh, are, are, you know, menstruating women at some right. point. If you keep them long enough, they're going to be menstruating. So now you got that whole mess on your floor or whatnot, and it's really? just that was that's seem, your biggest problem with this. Well, it just doesn't that's seem your biggest like problem. Well, I think scenario. what he's pointing out yeah. is that he's pointing out is some of the things. It it all sounds good on paper. Yeah, so having sex with somebody anytime you want, woman chained in your basement, going yeah. down, knocking you one off. But but in reality, you got to think these things through. Yeah. Never mind the fact that you know they they got the mattress down there. The pissy mattress. Apparently, he doesn't mind a little messy stained mattress. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, when he was absent, like I said, they'd huddle together for warmth and wait for his return. On occasion, they tried calling for help, but then they just got the shit beat out of him. Um, any deviation from his rules was punished by having the shit beat out of you or a period of incarceration in the dreaded hole. Another form of punishment he devised was to attach the girls to an overhead beam by one arm and leave them suspended for hours on end. Uh, oh, that's a rough one, oh man. That's a medieval thing. Jim Barron know about that. That's oh, yeah. Jim, that pulls an expert on uh, sockets right well, out of the joint. Sucks. Torture. Well, well, and never mind the fact that these girls are going to be, you know, deficient and... Oh, yeah. I mean, that just makes I it mean, worse. Well, yeah. I mean, they're going to be... They're going to break. Ain't none of them going to be pitching for a softball team. That's yeah, for they're sure. going to, yeah, anyway. So during all this time, while, you know, he's beating them and torturing them, Sandra's mother is actively looking for her. Um, the mom told an officer she believed her daughter was being held against her will by a man she knew only as Gary, who lived at 3520 North Marshall Street. She gave the officer all the information she had, including a phone number, uh, but she didn't, she couldn't furnish a name. The officer tried calling the number and even went to the house. We got no response, and eventually he just said, "Well, fuck it." Ah, fuck it. See what I mean? Every story we do, there's a, there's yeah. opportunities mm-hmm. to. He probably know, got to the house and, and then and this guy, uh, he's already been arrested for once for getting yeah, yeah, chain. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, where did I go? The cop gave up. The cop, I know, the gave, cop up. gave up. I know. Okay. So on December 23rd of 86, he brought 19-year-old Lisa Thomas over to his house. Uh, he drugged her with wine. Well, he drugged her wine uh, and put her in the basement with the other women. He and then a week, He did. Allegedly. And then a week later, he got Deborah Dudley. Damn. Brought her down. D.D. During her period of captivity, she would try and defend herself against football head, but was beaten and put in the pit more than the others. Yeah, she's feisty. After Dudley's abduction, <laughs> Hednick for her. further humiliated the four women by forcing them to have sex with each other. And he made him eat dog food. Yeah. I, would, I would rather have sex with women than eat dog food. 
well. <laughs> it depends on the dog food, really, and it depends on the woman. I mean, it's also, I mean, when well, I mean, you got a you got a dirty captive woman that been down there for three months and menstruated all over the place and sweated and didn't say anything about toilet facilities. So, yeah, I might choose the Alpo over that, Timmy. On January 18th, he abducted Jacqueline Askins. She was Askins for it. Yes. On February 7th of 1987, Hednick became angry with Lindsay for who the hell knows what and punished her by hanging her by one of her wrists from a roof beam for two days. Ugh. Uh, She developed a high fever and she died the next morning. Now, what the hell do you think she would have? So this is this the first real murder. Right. And it was an accident. So they got the flu. An accident, too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. An unfortunate was... misunderstanding. Now, wait, wait a minute. Now, which one's Lindsay? That's uh, San- Sandy. Sandy? Sandy? Uh, Sandy or Sarah? Sandy. Sandy Lindsay. Sandy yeah. Lindsay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, he then took her body upstairs, dis- dismembered her with a power saw, uh, put her head in a cooking pot and cut out her flesh. Ugh. He fed some of her parts to his two dogs, and he fed the rest of it to his captives. Ooh, so that was really... So one of the uh, captives was really having an asshole casserole. Yes. Oh, my you God. You got to that in twice today. So not only do you, you're down in this dungeon and he's beating, beating you and raping you, he's feeding you human remains. Yes. Ugh. And dog food. Yes. So a couple of days later, uh, neighbors complained of a terrible smell, and it prompted the police to investigate. So the complaint that my daughter's missing, I think this guy has her, does not prompt no, an no, investigation. No, but that smell. But it's, ooh, that smell. <laughs> Too bad he didn't live uh, next to a sausage factory. He'd been in the clear. Oh, for sure. Uh, Hednick was interrogated, and it successfully uh, explained that he'd just burn his food. Yeah. Oh. Every yeah. day. Yeah, every day. For every time I cook, had that popcorn in the microwave a little bit too long. <laughs> uh, after that, um, Hednick bribed his ca- his captives into telling on one another. You got to get them to turn on each other. It's hard to get women to turn on each other. Well, I'll tell you that. Josephina told him that the others had planned to attack him and escape. Ooh. Uh, as a result, snitches. Oh, yeah. Well, as a result, he made him deaf by driving screwdrivers through their eardrums. If they couldn't hear, then they wouldn't be able to plot against him. Clearly, he'd never heard of American Sign Language. Or some... Uh, or writing. Or just... Or just being able to make hand gestures. Or some uh, headphones, that noise uh, reduction headphones. Something, yeah. Why couldn't he just put duct tape on ears? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He figured it's easier just to poke the eardrums out. Uh, said, uh, Hednick started to electrocute all of his captives. But if you punched their eardrums out, they wouldn't be able to uh, understand your orders either. Well, you know... I, I mean, think they were chained up. They didn't really have... Well, but, you know, if he'd yeah. say shut up or... Well, so here's whatever. the thing. Here's where, here's where it gets... This where it gets interesting. So uh, he started electrocuting all of his captives except for Josefina. Yeah, he took Who started to aid him in torturing the others. She also had other privileges after apparently becoming his favorite, including being occasionally allowed upstairs to watch a movie or being allowed to be raped in a more comfortable environment. Well, you know, now see, this is where you develop a soft spot for the guy a little bit because... He's raping them in a comfortable environment. Yeah, he's got that uh, Stockholm Syndrome. But I wonder what movies they watch. 
Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, let's see. As the weeks passed. I bet passed, he liked girl on girl movies. Yeah, I bet it was porn or Ghostbusters. That was about around the time of Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. As the weeks passed, Headnake began to treat Josephina as more of a partner than a captive and spent more and more time with her alone. So much so that on March 18th, when Hednick decided... You think to the other captives got jealous? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, when Hednick decided to punish the others, he enlisted Josephina to help him. Uh, the shock treatment was again employed, but with one added feature. Now we added what? Oh, anyway. water. Yeah. Water. Yeah. After drilling, H2O. <clears throat> after drilling air holes in the plywood cover, Hednick ordered Josephina to fill the pit with water. The three other women, still in chains, were then pushed down on into it before the cover was replaced and weighted down with a bag of dirt. As they sat there shivering, or yeah, shivering with cold and fear, the bare wire was pushed through one of the holes until it briefly touched one of the chains, sending a jolt of electricity oh. through all of them. See, here's the thing. If you're going to just be a total asshole, just kill them. You know what I mean? Give them some relief. Then you can't keep banging them. I That's know. What I just, but I thinking. mean, it's... So he they, finally had his harem. So yeah, he wire. did. But I mean, you know, he's just torturing him now. I mean, not that you know he wasn't before, but now it's just out of you know. Well, no, now it's just becoming sadistic, mentally yeah. like shit. Yeah, I mean, just sadistic. After Mengali was a guy who devil was a guy who was with the Nazis. He was a terrible torturer. Yeah. Joseph Mingla. Yeah, I think it's Joseph Mingla. It depends on what part of the jungle. It doesn't. It doesn't depend on that. It doesn't. You're fucking, you don't even know who I'm talking you're about. Fucking retarded yourself. You, Just Joseph get on with your story. You don't know what you're talking about. What did you call him? Hmm? What did you call him? I called him the Doctor Doctor Mingali. <laughs> <laughs> like a spin galley. Yeah, but different. <laughs> All right. So they send the wire into the hole a second time. And it makes direct contact with Deborah's chain. So she absorbed most of the voltage, and she screamed. Poor, poor girls. She Jesus screamed Christ. and then collapsed face down into the water. Seeing their friend fall, Jacqueline and Lisa screamed until Heinick removed the cover and dragged Deborah out. After ascertaining that she was actually dead, Heinick calmly made sandwiches and told the women, aren't you glad it wasn't one of you? Seems like a stupid question. You know, this guy reminds me of that Castro guy in Cleveland. Oh, uh, yeah, that freak show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he left for a little bit and returned with a pen and paper, and he gave that to Josephina and told her to write the time and date at the top of the page. He then had her write out a statement detailing how she had assisted him in electrocuting <clears throat> Deborah. Yeah, do you really think that that confession is going to oh, hold right. up? She's so, obviously under duress. Yeah, so then he told her to sign it. He signed it. He held up the letter, looked at her, and said, if you ever go to the cops, I can use this as evidence that you I, killed Debbie. I like the fact that he signed it, almost like yeah. a, a, notary, a notary. Yeah, he's a witness. <laughs> I believe that will be considered. Now, I did not go to law school, but I believe if you sign someone to duress. Mm-hmm. Doesn't count. Doesn't, doesn't count? No. Uh, satisfied that he had her completely under his control, he removed Josephina's chains and told her to go upstairs and changed. It was the first time she had been completely dressed in four months. Uh, the following day, Heidnick returned to the basement and, after wrapping Deborah's body in plastic, placed it in the freezer and left. Well, you know, you gotta. He was gonna cook her later. <laughs> you gotta keep following, it fresh. Following Debbie's death, Josephina became Heidnick's constant companion. 
often accompanying him on outings to restaurants and on shopping expeditions. I wonder if they went to uh, <coughs> Arby's. Probably. They used to have good mushroom burgers. Yeah. Yeah, mushroom is uh, On one such outing, Heidnick told Joseph. Oh, they probably have, Philadelphia, though. Don't they have the, like, the. Carl's? The, don't they have, like, the Philly. The, like, yeah, the, the Philly cheesesteak cheese place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh, let's see. Uh, he told. Heidnick told Josephina that if he was ever caught, he would act as though he was, ins- he was insane, as he knew how to manipulate the, chest- the testing procedures. He told her that he'd been fooling the authorities for years so he could qualify for disability payments. Heineck also so he was getting SSI, or, yeah. or at least some kind of, in addition to having a half a million dollars in the bank. Well, football head uh, seemed to soften after Deborah died, uh, and he began to provide additional comforts for his captives, including mattresses, blankets, pillows, and even a television set, while Josephina, in her role as trusted... He was like Tom Odette. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, was, he always left the wire on, or the light on. Well, uh, Josephina earned the dubious honor of sharing Hynek's bed. Ooh. Well, that is quite an honor to be in, in yeah. bed with that freak, In I'm bed sure. with the rapist. Be on one piss-stained yeah. mattress. <laughs> Go from one to the what other. if he pisses on his, like, ex-wives? I don't know. On one particular trip, they nothing were Nothing will piss a woman off more than pissing on them, Charles. Huh? I said nothing will make a woman more upset than if you piss on them in their sleep. I have not urinated on a woman in their sleep to date. Um, <laughs> that you know. You're like, still young as you get older. As I get older and my bladder gets weaker, that may happen. Uh, let's see. On one particular... Renee will not be happy. <laughs> no. Neither will Rudy, because he sleeps between us. <laughs> Cruise <laughs> the hell of this shit. Put me out yeah. of the dog bag. Right. Level the cockers. Take me to a pound. <laughs> Put me to sleep. <laughs> On one particular trip, they were driving into the countryside outside of Jersey when Heinick stopped the car at a heavily wooded area and remarked that this would be a good place to hide Deborah's body. The following night, March 22nd, Heinick and Josephina loaded Deborah's partially frozen body into one of his other vehicles and drove back to the area known as Pine Barrens. Pine Barrens. You know what that's from? Twin Peaks. Sopranos. Oh, yeah. It's when uh, uh, Pauly and Chris mm-hmm. got lost in this. Uh, oh, and they were eating ketchup. Ch- they chased, Yeah, they were chasing the Russian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while Josephina waited in the vehicle, Heinick dumped the body in a grove of trees. The next day, Heinick told her that he would need to find a replacement for Deborah, and suggested that they go cruising together to find well, one. Well, we, we got a new opening now? Is that yeah. Right? <laughs> Bonding. Well, they got extra shackles. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, you know, Not use them? Yeah. <laughs> I'll let them go to waste? Be so, the next day, let's see. Oh, later that night, the pair drove through the streets looking for a likely subject. He found a new victim. Her name was Agnes, and he convinced, he convinced her to go home with him. Shortly after getting to the house, Agnes found herself stripped, chained, and imprisoned in the basement with the others. That's what you call a bad day. Yeah. I don't know if she was a part-time hooker or not. Well, see, football head, his problem is he thought Josephina was the perfect partner to have. Yeah, because she's playing along with him at this point. Yeah. But what football head didn't get is you can't ever trust a woman. She might sleep with you. She might lay in your piss-stained mattress with you. But you can't ever truly trust her. She might a bury woman. bodies for you. Yeah, she might even help you bury a body, but you can't really trust her. Mm-hmm. In the back of her head, Josephina had other plans. 
and she was happy to wait for just the right time. And her chance finally came on March 24th when after days of pleading and cajoling, and you know how women can cajole. Oh, they cajole. They cajole. Oh, he just wanted, she convinced football head that if he let her go see her family, she would bring him back another wife for his collection. Oh, it sounds like a good deal on the surface. On the surface, yeah, but, you know, remember that he was, although he was smart, he was kind of dumb. Can't trust a hoe. <laughs> no, he forgot. This Bitches woman used be to testifying. Be Bitches exactly. be testifying. So he made he made the mistake that we all make. Mm-hmm. Um, we let women cajole us into what we let them out of their do. shackles. You unchain them, yeah. You unchained a woman. It's like really, what it's like is if you're walking past a pit bull mm-hmm. on a six foot leash mm-hmm. every day, and you stand seven feet away from him and whack him with a stick. Mm-hmm. And then one day you say, oh, you know what? The dog looked friendly. I'm going to let it off the chain. Mm-hmm. Well, he let her off the chain. So he let her go visit her parents. It does not sound um, like a very smart thing to do. No, no, Because, no, no. Brandy? Bitches be testifying. Bitches be testifying. You can't trust a woman. Mm-hmm. So he takes the woman. Or he, he, takes her, he decides, okay, I'm going to expand this family and agreed on the condition that after visiting a family, she would pick up a woman and meet him at a gas station near a house at midnight. So he's rolling the dice a little bit. <laughs> he's not, a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's rolling. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with this guy. He just. How could you possibly think this was a good plan? <laughs> I guess he, like I said, he probably thought she had Stockholm syndrome, where he, she was going. You know that he had converted her. Yeah. No, he was probably delusional that love actually yeah. exists well, and that she was in love with him. Yeah. Well, he's so, wrong. Yeah, he was wrong. So later that evening... Bitch broke my heart, snapped it right in two. <laughs> no, I mean, this is one heartless God. whore right here. I mean, look, he let her go up into the comfy bed. He was yeah. given her food. He let was given water to watch movies. What's the first... first Chance the woman gets, she rats his ass out. I can't believe it. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. Yep. Now, within, Hednick drops her off at a house near her house and drives away. Josephine does a dead sprint to the apartment that she shared with her boyfriend, Vincent Nelson. And this dumb motherfucker goes to the gas station and waits on her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just. (laughs) So Nelson answers the door. Josephine tells the whole story. Says how she was taken prisoner, sexually abused, and tortured. Nelson wondered if she lost her damn mind and beat Look, her. Look, you were, you were out with your Johns, okay? Yeah, yeah he beat just, her. Just tell me the truth. Beat her with a stick for lying. No, he didn't, no, did, no. didn't do that. But, but he, you know, it is a, a tall story when you're, you know. So he yeah. tries to call me. No, because I've used that one before. <laughs> I've gotten home late and I was like, baby, I've been chained in a basement. I've been. Mm-hmm. Renee never fell for it, but this guy did. Um, anyway, as he tried to calm her down, she continued to just describe all kinds of things involving the death, eating the dog food, the body parts, till Nelson decided he was going to Hednick's house and confront him. Yeah, he was going to go kick his ass, right? Yeah. Now, scared that their interference would lead to the other girls being killed, Josephina convinced him to call the police. Now, see, that's where another thing... He, Nelson, fell for her cajoling because he had the perfect opportunity. He could have gone over there and done some colonel justice right on football. Yeah, but you, you, you know, always contact the authorities. Or do colonel justice. 
if he got a chance, he could have gone over there, let the girls free, let the girls play with the wire for a little while. They could have touched it to his testicles, his dirty flower. Yeah, and then called the police a little bit later, like a couple hours later. About three months, whatnot, whatever. <laughs> yeah, couple, whatever. Made him not just eat the dog food, but eat the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, found yeah. a mean dog. That's what I would have done. I would have found a mean dog, and I would have put him down in that pit together and said, you know what, whoever comes out of the pit, and all, oh, we ain't putting no food down here, so mm-hmm. he'd be eating the raw dog fur and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That sounds like good, yeah, good punishment. I, yeah, I agree. But anyway, he took the candy-ass way out and went to the police. And several minutes later, two police officers... John Cannon and David Savage arrived. Josephina told her crazy-ass story again. They found it hard to believe until she lifted the bottoms of her jeans and showed them the scars on her ankles where the chains had been. Hmm. They were like, hmm, maybe this is up. Maybe they, she got something here. So they went to the gas station where dumb fuck football head was waiting in his Cadillac for her to bring another girl to yeah, him. Yeah, see, never, you know what, if your girlfriend or wife or captive tells you that she's going to go out to bring you another woman back, you know. It's a no, lie. It's a it's lie. It's a ruse. Yeah. It's, they're going out and getting yeah. ice cream. Yeah, whatever. That's okay. what they're doing. They ain't bringing you no woman home. No. So, and then they're going to come home and scream at you like when you're disappointed, like, why do you want another woman? <laughs> so anyway, they they draw their weapons and approach the car. Hednick raises his hand and asks if they were there regarding his child support payments. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah, no. And it, yeah, that was the first thing that I'd be worried yeah. about. I, oh shit! I got to catch up on my child support. Son so bitch. these women had been held four months after four months of unspeakable horror. Football heads' reign of terror was finally at an end. Thank God! I don't see how he got away with it that long. Right? Yeah. Oh, it was. Uh, it was not um, four months, man. So just before five a.m., a squad of police descend upon the house. Um, and they were unable to gain access to his intricate lock system, so Hanson, um, one of the, he was a lieutenant there, just ordered him to break the door down. One of the first officers through the door was Dave Savage, one of the men who had arrested Hednick. Mm-hmm. And following Josephina's direction, him and his partner, Officer McCloskey, went straight to the basement. When Savage entered the small room, he saw two women asleep on a mattress, 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 mattress in the middle of the room. Despite the cold conditions, their covering was only a thin, dirty blanket, and he approached them, and they woke and screamed until Savage assured him he was a police officer who had come to release him. Jesus. And he noticed that the women were changed to the pipe and wore nothing except blouses and socks. When one of the officers asked if there were any more women in the house, they pointed to the sheet of plywood on the floor and that had plastic bags filled with soil and piled on top of it. Pushing aside the bags and the board, McCloskey saw the nude figure of Agnes sitting at the bottom of the pit that was filled with water. She was the latest, uh, the latest victim, right? Yeah. After lifting Agnes out, police removed the women's chains and took them upstairs to a waiting ambulance. With the women free, uh, the police, they, turned to, they started searching the place. In the kitchen, Savage found an aluminum pot on the stove, which was badly scorched and contained a yellowish, fatty substance. Mm-hmm. On the kitchen counter was an industrial food processor, which had been recently used, possibly for raw meat. Mm-hmm. 
Inside the stove, he found an oven dish containing a charred piece of bone that resembled a human rib. Up to that point, Savage was still struggling to believe everything that had occurred around here, but when he opened the fridge, what he found removed all doubt from the officer's mind. Lying right on the shelf in the freezer compartment was a human forearm. Over several days, police searched the house and the yards, looking at every piece of paper and material they found. They excavated the front and backyards and did not find any further human remains. In the house, they found a closet full of pornographic magazines, all of which featured black women. So I guess that answers our question. Well, yeah. We had a <coughs> for black women. Yeah. Um, the house and uh, the surroundings gave them the impression that the owner had been a disturbed person existing only on a veteran's pension, they later discovered that he was in fact rich and had 550000 in a Merrill Lynch account. While the search was continuing, Football Head was being questioned in custody as police attempted to figure out what the hell went on and what was going on with this scruffy bastard they were calling a vicious madman. On June, in June 1988, he first appeared in court. For his defense, now this is the greatest defense ever. Oh yeah, this is precious. What so he, so he had he's been arrested. He's for been it. arrested. They come in, they find a dead body in a pit, two women chained there. Mm-hmm. And do you know what he told them? What was his defense, Turk? Yes. Did, I love this. They was in the house when he moved in. And see, this this needs to be a lesson to all of you out there who, who buyer are, beware homeowners. Buyer beware. And if you if you have, have inspect inspected thoroughly. Yeah, have your house inspected in, uh, uh, inspected before you buy. And if you're selling a house and you have hostages in your basement, you have to disclose that. You do have it's yeah. It's your duty. I, to think, I think you have warranty. to take them with you. Well, all right. No, you have a duty to disclose. If you go, it's like the chandeliers. When you buy the house, you got fixtures on the wall. Those are part of the house. You can't take them with them. So you got women chained in the basement. You can't take the women with you. They're part of the house. Yeah. So what he was saying is, just like the chandelier, these women was in the house. Yeah, and and we're not joking about that. He seriously used that as his defense. He really did. It it's was a in, somewhat weak defense, in my opinion, but. It, it was a little weak. Um, he tried to claim that he was legally insane, and it was rebutted by the fact that he had earned half a million dollars at the stock market. So on July 1st, he was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder, five of kidnapping, six of rape, four of aggravated assault, and one of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, mm. and sentenced to death. On December 31st, while awaiting execution, he attempted to commit suicide by overdosing on Thorazine, but he only fell into a brief coma. On April 15th, he was scheduled to be executed by lethal injection. A last-minute appeal was filed, in the, uh, leading to a hearing to determine his mental competency. Well, and that was tax day. It was tax day, too, yeah. The state Supreme Court affirmed the death sentence and... He was executed by lethal injection on July 6th. His last meal Mm -hmm. was pizza and black coffee. Oh. 
Did he not get? Did Gross. he not want uh, breadsticks with that? He didn't get the breadsticks. He didn't get. He didn't even get cream in a coffee. He just wanted black coffee. But so, you buy a house. See, I one time, you know, our house we had it inspected for something as tiny as termites, Timmy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, I, but it didn't occur to me to have it inspected well, yeah, for you, captive you, women. Yeah, you have to check for that. Yeah. Um, and you have a, if your house is haunted, you got a duty to disclose that as well. I do believe that there's a d- d- duty to disclose if somebody's been murdered in that house. He said duty. Duty, I know. Readers or listeners, I'm sorry. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that you have to disclose if somebody's anything been that, murdered. Anything that can affect the value of your house, and that's how yeah. you can do it. Yeah, if it's a no, something that makes the house notorious, you have to disclose mm-hmm. that. I mean, and even if you say your, your house has a, a reputation of being haunted, mm-hmm. even though you know you may or may not believe in uh, ghosts, it could affect the value of your house. So you have to disclose that reputation. Yeah, because when my it was a, we we actually in law school we had the, that case law I had to state a case law of the Animaville house. There was a, there was a, oh yeah yeah because the people wrote yeah. that book after they moved out and the owners that affected the value of their oh, property yeah. and well, they, they who and they said they you know they didn't experience none of that stuff but you know it had, when they would it's the value of their property was impacted by the that book and movie well when we went to get a second mortgage on our house Timmy a home equity loan. Mm-hmm. The uh, bank said, "Look, there's been uh, there's been souls and dreams crushed in this house for 15 years. No sex going on in there. <laughs> no sex, no, no deviant sex or anything. But there's been souls crushed and dreams killed uh-huh. in this house for 15 years. It affects the value of this house. Yeah, I'm sure Brandy's house is the same way. <laughs> oh, oh God." <laughs> Well, there you got where you got all that satanic. Yeah, you got uh, all the pentagrams in the uh, yeah, basement. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dead goats laying. Blah blah blah. Okay, a few more shout outs I missed earlier: Michael Hughes, Chester Turner, Mike Cabral, Stevers, Larry, and Larry T. and Stephanie Q. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Brandy, any final thoughts on Gary Heidnick? Football heads. Football never, head never win. He's a sick mother. He is a sick mother. Yeah. Colonel, any final thoughts on football head? No, not really. I mean, he's just your general run-of-the-mill chain women in the basement. Yeah, football. Typical story. Maybe mm-hmm. we need to. Maybe we need to do one a story other than serial killers to kind of mix mix things up a bit next time. Yeah. Brandy, where can people find us? Find us on Facebook. Yeah, we have two Facebook pages: History Dweebs that updates sort of this day in history. Uh, which has some cool stuff on it. And we have our group page, which is History Dweebs, the podcast. So if you like the podcast, join our History Dweebs, the, the podcast, a group. And um, there's a lot of cool people there. We have fun. Okay. And where will the, and the link that will now be on our page? For Colonel Church of... The First Church of the Latter-day Colonel. Yeah. So okay. we're gonna put up, we're gonna create a GoFundMe for the first church of the Latter Day Colonel. No. So you can click right. on the link. They can tithe. You can tithe. Yeah, we're not you doing can, that. For every now, I want you, especially you women, because you know, just as soon as you woke up today, you started sinning. Um, we're not doing any of this. When you uh, probably send in their sleep. I want. <laughs> they probably do. Thinking those dirty, nasty, dastardly thoughts. But anyway. 
all you got to do, we can erase all that shame, all that guilt, For all that evil. <laughs> well, we got to, we're going to have different plans. I mean, if you want to, no, it's it's basically a monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want the platinum package, it's that just going to be completely. That saves your soul completely. Well, now think about this, Timmy. Fourteen ninety-five a month, less than fifty cents a day, and you get complete forgiveness for everything you do for the whole month. Eternal life. And if they act now, yeah. we'll double that offer. Well, if you act now, you're going like, to throw in a set of steak knives. So if they act Just now, no, you, you should yeah. double the offer. So like if if uh, Brittany and Chris, they could they could jump in. They could get a two for one. Yeah. And you know that's in it. Oh, okay. You know that's in it. They put it right on our page. Yeah. Okay. They, they do the nasty. <laughs> they're living in sin for the love of God. I so, think they're married, but I don't think they're living in sin. But. So Brittany and Chris, like, say you was to join. Yeah, you get a two oh for one. God. And if you tell them the colonel Why? sent you. Why? <laughs> Why? No, Brittany, Brittany and Chris are Pandering. Cool. They are very, very cool. So, anywho, so we're on Facebook. Uh-huh. And we're also on, we're on uh, iTunes. Uh, on iTunes, please leave us a review. And we're also on uh, Twitter at HistoryDweebs1. We are. We're on Twitter. And we want to thank all of you for listening and being active on our page. We really appreciate it. And we hope to continue to bring you um, these six stories well, that you all seem to enjoy. And that being said, I do want to say something that okay. we're we are incurring some expenses with our um, with our equipment and some other things that we have going. You have expenses with your equipment, <laughs> Colonel. Well, really? my, my equipment's quite expensive, Timmy. <laughs> so anyway, we're incurring some expenses, and we don't charge for anybody to listen to the podcast. I've seen some where they're like. 99 cents, and I think for us that would be way overpriced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Plus, right. people will want refunds. <laughs> right. But we have we do have something set up for, what is it? Patreon. Patreon. We have something set up for donations. So, if you feel the need and are feeling generous, we would appreciate uh, anything that anybody could help us offset some of these costs for our podcast. Yes, but if you can't... But if you can't, please don't feel obligated. Yes. But... Well, you'll still get quality programming. You <laughs> yeah, should feel obligated problem. to tithe to the First Church of the Latter-day Colonel. Say goodbye, Colonel. Because this will help your soul. Thank you, everybody. And Lord Thank knows you, you and need help with your souls. <laughs> Especially Brittany and Chris. Leave them Brittany alone. And yeah, and... I love Brittany. People. I love Brittany and Chris. I'm just kidding. Leave them alone. So well, good I mean, they're a young couple. They, they probably fornicate, is all I'm saying. Oh, my Fornicate? God. They're like a couple of bunnies, for okay. God's sake. Good night. Say good night, Colonel. It's like you say send, night, a, send a message to one of them. It's like, hey, what you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm banging right now. Can I get back with you in Say good night. <laughs> we love you, Chris. You and listen, uh, have Brittany. a good day. Yes. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next time on History Dweeves. Say goodbye, Colonel. Good day. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.